Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Two Bros. Different Mopes. And this is a continuation of the last episode. Uh, so uh, strap in and get ready for the thrilling conclusion <laughs> <laughs> of whatever it is that we were just talking about. Yeah, I think people will enjoy it. I mean, it was um kind of a random conversation, but it turned out to be really good, which is why you know we ended up putting it out. So. Yeah, I feel like this is honestly what I enjoy most is just talking about our personal lives and uh, you know our feelings and these types of things and just wherever we're coming from, perspective and all of that. Yeah. So. Well, we hope you all enjoy the second uh, part of this two-part series. <laughs> um, and if you have any questions or concerns or anything like that. Of course, you know, always reach out to us um, on our Gmail account at uh, two bros different modes at gmail.com. And then also our social media accounts. Uh, you can hit us up there. Uh, but other than that, like, uh, let's get into it. And this is kind of how I feel like it is at work sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously not to that crazy extent or anything like that. But, um, you know, it's just it's just a it's a weird amount of control or domination or subjugation from a from a person of authority or a person in power, and not everybody's like that, right? I feel like one of the things I wanted to mention earlier was like you said you you know you do your job in a certain way. You like to do your job. You you like to do it really well to not be told these things, right? To you know almost you know so to speak go above and beyond to a degree, right? Like we've talked about to a degree. And I feel like I'm much more willing to do anything at my job if I'm like happy at my job. Mm -hmm. And when I think about all my all the jobs that I've had, the ones that I haven't been happy at, I don't perform very well. Yeah, you know. And um, this is kind of the the difference that my boss sees in me when she talks to me and she says like. This isn't the you that I know. This isn't, you know, this isn't what, how I remember you when we work together, all these things. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, 100%. And she's even said that to me. She was like, you know, if you're not happy, like, then we got to do something. She's like, because I want you to be happy. And I think about my other jobs, like pushing carts. Pushing mm -hmm. carts was, I mean, working out in this weather right now, broke. I mean, oh like, I don't want to work outside. Can you imagine being outside all day and just pushing carts in a exhaust filled parking lot working with people who are shopping yeah right these people probably catch shit all day and they have to work in the weather if it's then raining just the it's heat cold. alone yeah no matter what these are what these people do i did this job i loved it the camaraderie amongst my coworkers. we were all like just a tight group of guys mm -hmm. we all had jokes we all joked around we had fun right we did our job and we did it well and you know, working at extended day, I got to express myself and be goofy and do stupid things because I was working with kids all the time. Yeah. You know, and I love that. At my last job, same thing. Like it took me a little while to warm up, but even though I was working with, I was working with younger people, and this is where I feel like I was able to be myself because some, I guess, I have a natural inclination as far as looking at my mom mm -hmm. and thinking I can't be myself around my mom. And all the ladies that I look at and compare to my mom, which would be probably everybody I work with, mm -hmm. right? I probably inherently have that reaction. I can't be myself around you. 
Mm. I just can't because you don't accept me. You don't accept me for who I am. And you feel like there's a lot of women at your current job that are like that? I feel like those, I feel like I put that label of my mom on them because they're all middle-aged white ladies. And I probably, I definitely didn't go into detail because I'm, I was just kind of thinking about that right now, having that realization of, I probably label all of these ladies with the same label that I put on my mom. Mm -hmm. So that's probably why I inherently look at them this way and feel like I can't be myself around you because you don't accept me. Right. Because this is how my mom is. Yeah. And so, you know, my boss talking about me wanting to be happy and, and all these things that would make me happy if I could feel like I could be myself. I I'm, I'm totally myself with Mm-hmm. I'm totally myself with like the the our and our uh, our PCAs who are our patient care assistants. I'm just not this way. I'm this way with like everybody else. One there's one guy. I don't even know what he does. He I don't know. He's like a he's some sort of tech. Yeah. His name is and I are tight. I was like, yo, man, like all the people that I'm dope that I'm cool with. These are the people I really love working with. But I don't feel like I can be myself. I don't feel like I can be that person around uh and and my boss you know these people like you know at my last job that's how it was i could be myself all the time i was kooky and i was weird and i made the stupid jokes and i got to have fun but i did my job you know and that's probably what's inhibiting me the most so i feel like when i think about like you are very um hard working right that's just down, you know, no other yeah. way to. I mean, there's other ways to put it. I just can't think of them. That just sounds like the simplest way to say it. You're very hardworking, yeah. diligent. You do your work. Fuck, you're working all the time. Like I said, when I, when we live together, you wake up and be three o'clock in the morning and get up and work. Yeah. Right. For me, I'm like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. So, um, I feel like when if I w- was to try and sell myself, my my selling attribute is not like I work really hard. My selling mm-hmm. attribute is. If I'm happy and I'm comfortable and I feel welcomed and, and accepted in my work environment, mm-hmm. then I bring a lot of energy because that's what I do. People like being around me. People come up to me and they talk to me and we chat and I sympathize with them because I know what it's like to put up with shit and we all have to like do this thing and, but I can still talk to them and get like, I worked with so many people at my last job, like that's what I miss is the camaraderie with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I don't get that here because it's hard. My initial go-to is like, I can't relate to you. Yeah. You, you're a mom and you're like 25 years, my senior or 20 years, my senior. I just don't, what? Like, I don't know. I don't. But then I feel like that then becomes like your responsibility to remove yourself from that situation. For sure. If I'm not happy and, and yeah. those things don't change, part of me just thinks like, what happens is I, I just ultimately come to the conclusion of like, there's something wrong with me. Like there's, I'm not doing something right or I'm not talking to these people or I'm not trying hard enough because I'm just lazy or I don't care. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of goes back to the work ethic thing there. I've, I've gotten through life being pretty lazy a lot of the time, mm-hmm. you know, and it hasn't created good habits in me. Also, I, I don't like to, I don't necessarily want to say that uh, I wouldn't blame being lazy on my parents, mm-hmm. but I definitely think they are huge influencers when it comes to the kind of work ethic that I have. 
Oh, definitely. Because, like, my mom has, like, really, like, really good work ethic. And yeah. I, I feel like that's where I get that from. Yeah. You know, I I don't know what kind of employee my mom is. Mm-hmm. But I think that she does feel a little entitled sometimes, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. She went to school. She went back to school for radiology. She was going to become, like, an x-ray tech or something like that. Mm-hmm. So she went to school for two years. And after she finished she realized that she wasn't going to get to start at like the middle of the ladder. She, they said, you got to start at the bottom. You're not, why did she feel like she would get to start? Because she's been in healthcare for an extended amount of time. Oh, because she has experience. She feels like she has experience, mm-hmm. but she doesn't. She's a respiratory therapist, not a radio technician. Oh yeah. That's completely different. You don't do this job. So yeah. you have to start where everybody else starts. Right. Right. You might be able to advance really quickly. Maybe she thought that she would get paid more. She thought that because she had healthcare experience, it would pay her a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was also a thought. That just wasn't going to be the case. Who knows? So, um, when I think about these things, I think about the conditionings that I had. I didn't. Ha- my parents weren't home when mm-hmm. I got home from school. Mm-hmm. I got phone calls that said, "Hey, just make sure you do your homework." Mm-hmm. And then they would come home three hours later and why didn't you do your homework? Well, nobody was here to make me do it. Why the fuck would I do it? I don't, I'm not thinking about homework. I'm thinking about like watching cartoons and having fun and playing. This is what I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. So that just became a thing. That's just how it was all the time. Mm -hmm. It was, it was like my mom had the expectation that because I went to school and I was five years old, if they gave me homework to do, I should just come home and do it. Mm. Why aren't you just doing your homework? Why aren't you just doing what you're supposed to do? Because I'm a little kid. I don't. I don't fucking know. I you, think that's parents thinking, <laughs> like, "Hey, you're taught this at school, so you should know it." But it's like this is practice. Like that's the yeah. You know, that's the point. You're getting upset because I don't know how to play the game. Uh, you put you put me in this game. Mm-hmm. You made me play the game, and now you're mad at me because I don't know the rules. Yeah. Like don't like that's fucked up. So, again, I wouldn't blame my being lazy in anything on my parents, but that influence is there. Yeah, but I I would um say that it might not be you being lazy. Um cuz I definitely feel the same way um at my job. I started to when I was messing up and stuff, I started to feel like that exactly how you felt when you were like, am I being lazy or like just Mm -hmm. what the fuck is going on? Like what is going on with me? Am I wrong? Yeah. Like, am am I really the one that's wrong here? Am I really fucking up? Should I just be doing everything that you're telling me to doing? To be doing? I was thinking that too. Like I feel I, our situations are definitely like uh, different, different. but I think it's similar in the fact of that whole thinking, like, am I, am I lazy or like, what's, is it me? Like, is something wrong with me? But I just think it's the job. Like, because, if I am right now, I am very unhappy at my job. Yeah. And because I'm very unhappy at my job, then I am, I'm doing a terrible job at it, which is affecting me just so much because like I said, I already like to be that person. That's just like on top of my shit. So the fact that I'm not is stressing me out even more because it's just like a whole cycle, man. It's crazy. And so I don't think it's that you're lazy. Maybe it has something to do with, you not really connecting with your job right now. Yeah. Well, also, you know, like I said, it's if you're not happy, you don't do good work. Mm-hmm. And it, sometimes it's hard for me to be happy. 
you know, initially it was different and I was like, yo, uh, I don't know. This feels very like, it feels very cookie cutter plastic. I'm lit. There's no diversity here. There's none. At my last job, I worked with my charge nurse. My first charge nurse was a Filipino woman. Oh, you mean diversities as in like ethnicity? Yeah. Okay. My first charge nurse was a Filipino woman. Mm-hmm. And when she left to retire, my charge nurse was an African woman. Mm-hmm. I worked with three white ladies. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was either black, Filipino, uh, yeah, black or Filipino. Mm-hmm. You know, one girl was from Jamaica. Shout out to Debbie. <laughs> right? Like, Debbie's from Jamaica. Roe. Rosario is Filipino. Even Nancy. Nancy was like an old white lady, but Nancy was like super nice. And she mm-hmm. would like, you know, I would, I thought Nancy was annoying sometimes a lot too. But I loved Nancy because she was like, I'm going to talk your ear off. I'll just talk your ear off all day long. And I'm like, yo, Nancy, some of this stuff, like, I just really don't give a shit about. <laughs> but also, like, I don't know, like, Nancy just grows on you. Yeah, she it's just like talks it's to cool. You. You're yeah. Nancy. Yeah, and then <laughs> she was really nice. She would bring, like, everybody. She would, like, bake things and bring some of whatever she baked to everybody. Okay, like, yeah, every, you cool. know, here, 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 here. So Nancy was, like, great, but also, like, annoying sometimes. And the only other white lady I worked with directly worked evening shift, so I didn't work with her extensively. Oh, and mm-hmm. but and I were tight, right? And so when I moved to this new job, I was like, well, I always got right? But then when we started working, they were floating us all over the place. So mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I'm lucky if I see one day a week. Oh, okay. You know, so it's like my little saving grace, you know, the anchor that I had or the relationships with the people that I did build when I was training were mm-hmm. younger people. And those younger people didn't come to work at our new building. Oh, okay. Even some of some of the older ladies did, but the younger people didn't. Why? I don't know. They, they all got offered jobs. They didn't get hired for jobs. Mm-hmm. So it was all these middle-aged white ladies. And, um, you know, so that I feel like part of that is also a thing. You know, that diversity. Mm-hmm. I, right now, I work with one black woman directly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody else is white. Mm-hmm. And there's one Indian girl. And mm-hmm. the, Indian, the Indian girl and I, we don't even talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, we rarely talk. But when we do, like, I vibe more with the Indian girl than any of these older ladies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe I just have, like, an inherent stigma against white older white people. Is... I just feel like they're less accepting. Mm-hmm. One of the things I told my boss and my chargers today was I was like, yo, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think I'm weird. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that. But I do think that maybe... I don't necessarily behave or think like everybody else does. Mm -hmm. And whether or not they do think or behave those ways, they don't express them here. Mm -hmm. And this is, I want to be comfortable expressing them here. And I don't feel. As far as what? So just anything that comes out of my mouth. One of the things that I, I I tried to think of a scenario and I was like, I was like, I don't know. Like, like for instance, if for whatever reason, somebody talks about drugs, if somebody Mm -hmm. says something, anything about drugs, my thoughts are, Yo, legalize all drugs. Mm-hmm. This is what this is how I feel, mm-hmm. but I don't feel comfortable saying it in front of any of you, mm-hmm. because I'm afraid that you'll look at that as you do drugs. We need to start watching you because we think you might do drugs because you're advocating for drugs mm-hmm. or for legalizing drug use. Um, you know, maybe we're just going to randomly test you 
because you talk about drugs mm-hmm. and we don't like that. So here we go, pee in this cup. And I'm like, this feels like abuse. This feels like, why am I being made to do this? Because you don't like something that I said, you know? So this is what I, this is, this was the example that I used, right? I was like, let's say for whatever reason we're having a conversation and drugs are the topic for some reason. And I'm like, 100% legalize all drugs. And over here thinks, mm, I don't know about that. Now I'm thinking, because this is how I perceive is to mm-hmm. not agree with legalizing all drugs and thinking somebody that le- wants to legalize all drugs must enjoy drugs or do drugs or, you know, these types of things. Mm-hmm. Because people aren't capable of thinking outside of a tiny box, right? That's what makes me afraid. And then will go to my boss, and then my boss will feel inclined to say something to me about it. Whether that's, I need you to pee in this cup, or you can't talk about that at work. Mm-hmm. then everything becomes limiting. I can't talk about anything because you guys are going to talk about marriage and I'm just going to tell you what I think or what I feel about marriage. Mm-hmm. Not to hurt your feelings. I'm not saying it in a horrible way or with a negative connotation. I just say like, you know, like have you ever thought about marriage as an institution that only like limits people instead of like opening them up more? Mm-hmm. Like is, is there a reason why we do things this way? Or like marriage was a way to like show ownership for another person, right? Like, have you guys thought about it this way? And people are like, no, you're defiling the sanctity of my beliefs. And now I have to go complain about it because Mm -hmm. you're fucking with my vibe. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't feel comfortable just talking about the things or saying the things that I feel expressing myself. So, so why do you feel like you need to, or why do you want to, be able to express yourself in in that way at work that makes me feel comfortable and makes me happy mm-hmm. okay right to to it's not that i want to say those things it's mm-hmm. not that i feel like i can't say those things or mm-hmm. no no that that's what it is is that i feel like i can't say them mm-hmm. because saying them will become detrimental to me in another way somebody will just come to me and say hey you can't say this or hey you can't talk about that or this person said you were saying this or this person said you were saying that and i'm like i'm i'm not in trouble i'm not get i'm not doing anything wrong other than people aren't liking what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like and so this feels like the natural thing that would happen if i was to express myself all the time so i don't do it it's not that i feel the need to to say those things it's that i feel like I can't say certain things and that's fucked up mm-hmm. and those things that I feel like I can't you know I'm not running around trying to say the n-word mm-hmm. or something you know I'm not trying to swear at people mm-hmm. I'm just trying to say what I feel and what I think do you feel like the work environment is an, an appropriate place to be able to say or speak about those types of things or those kinds of things I think so why um, I don't see how it's inappropriate I, you know, if my, I'm trying to think of a scenario or an instance in which, like, I wouldn't say something to a patient, mm-hmm. right? I even brought up uh, at the end of the meeting, because this is how you asked me, how did it all turn out? Mm-hmm. And it ended up pretty well. I sat there, I reflected, I accepted some of the things that they told me. I I was able to say what I was really feeling. I got to tell them like, yo, I think this is annoying. Mm-hmm. One of the solutions that my charge nurse came up when she was like, are you, do you just feel like you're not being challenged? And I was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm bored to be honest with you. If anything, give me all the patience. 
I will take every single one of them back to back if it means that I can be doing something, mm-hmm. my job, rather than sitting there. Because you don't like me sitting there. And to be quite honest, I don't like just sitting there. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to just do random shit or feel like I should be expected to go quote unquote help when there's like five other nurses there for one patient that's 100% stable, mm. you know? So my charge nurse was like, okay, cool. Like we can find other things for you to do. We can cross train you. You can go to other departments and do these things. And I'm like, dope. I totally accept all of this. Like, I agree with this. This is great. I felt comfortable telling you guys that I was annoyed with all these things. Right. And after the meeting, she was like, is there anything that you want to say? And I was like, thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say thank you. Like I didn't do it from a place like it felt forced. I was literally like, I am pleased with myself with how this meeting went because I got a little bit defensive when they were saying these things to me, Mm -hmm. but I was able to sit there and process that and come back to them calm and collectively and say, look, this is just how I feel, especially about what you're saying, not necessarily what you're saying about me. Mm -hmm. When they gave the example of the number of patients that I had taken Mm -hmm. in a certain amount of time, right? I was, I was like, yo, there is no part of me that does not want to do this job. If anything, give me more patience. It's not my fault if another person continually says, give me the patient, give me the patient, give me the patient. It's, I'm not the charge nurse. It's not my, it's not my job to assign patients. Agreed. Right? Like, that's what the charge nurse does. There's a rotation. As far as I'm concerned, we go by the rotation. Do they agree with that? Yes. Okay. So initially they were like, these numbers are messed up. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't okay. What's going on here? And I was like, that's not my area. Mm-hmm. That's on you. And my charge nurse was even like, yo, I'll own it for sure. Like, we don't always follow the rotation. And I even gave her an example. I was like, the, the their biggest concern is hooking the patient up to the monitor. Mm-hmm. This is why they want six people there at a time when it takes one person. So I'm not going to be like, no, 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 no. Let's have this argument right here now while the patient is sitting on the stretcher. Yeah. Bring the patient to me. Well, no, I'm not. this isn't a time for a conversation, right? Yeah. So I, again, this is not my position. I don't feel like I can be faulted for this. It's your job to assign me the patient. Mm-hmm. That's on you. She's like, 100%, that's on me. So... Like I said, at the end, I was like, thank you, because I was able to process and express those things, how I really felt. I never felt like I could have just gone to them and said, this is really annoying that these people keep asking me if I need help. Yeah. And I was able to do that. You made me feel like it was okay to do that. And you sat there and you told me, like, what can I do to make sure that you can be successful? Or what can I do to make sure that you're happy here? Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know how to answer that question. Right, the, the expressing that that thing was annoying wouldn't have been something that I would have just initially thought of, mm-hmm. because I feel like it's going to be met with resistance. Mm-hmm. They'd just be like, "Well, they're just doing their job. They're, that's what they're supposed to do. You should be doing it too." Right. This is how I imagine them responding. So, but it didn't happen that way. So I thanked them, and then she was like, "Is there anything else?" And I was like, "Yeah, can we hug it out?" Because <sighs> I I don't want to like. You know, saying thank you is mm-hmm. is I've almost like a, is a step for me mm-hmm. in itself. But if I can sit here and like show you some love or love on you, mm-hmm. then I know you're not having negative feelings. I know you're not like harboring 
or like withholding things or you're being secretive and like plotting against me. And she hugged you? Yeah. My my oh, chargers okay. hugged me. My boss is not about hugs. I was going to say, yeah, hello, HR line one. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's not an uncommon thing. That's yeah. not what she's concerned about. Her whole okay. thing is like, no, I don't like giving hugs. Okay. I don't blame her. Coronavirus. Coronavirus line two. And that's not her reason either. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like, no, I don't hugs. I'm not a hugger. Okay. She's like, you can talk to my husband about it. He doesn't like it. And I've okay. known this about her because we work together oh. in, in our last job. So I know this. She has hugged me before. Oh. But it's like, unless you're crying, you ain't going to get a hug. <laughs> she like that comedian, uh, know that medium Embele? <laughs> <laughs> You you only know what I'm talking if you watch Atlanta Housewives. Yeah, she says she's not a hugger. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious. Um, have you like how many conversations have you had with your mom like about the podcast or about has she said anything else to you about like some of the things that you post or no? Uh, no, I haven't been to my mom's in oh, okay. I don't know how long. Okay. It's probably been a few weeks. Uh-huh. Um, this was something I was talking to Andy about the other day where mm-hmm. I was like, my, cause my sister will text me and she'll be like, yo, mom drives me fucking crazy. Mm. And I tell her every time the answer to that is to stop going over there <laughs> is to stop talking to her, stop engaging. Mm-hmm. I went so far as to tell my youngest sister, mm-hmm. she called me one day feeling like she was having some problems. And I went so far as to tell her the next time you are experiencing something, don't call mom Mm. because she doesn't make you feel better. She always tells you to sit on it. She doesn't try to comfort you at all. Mm -hmm. She just tells you what you should be thinking or tell you, tells you what she thinks the answer is. Mm -hmm. She doesn't sympathize or empathize. Mm -hmm. This also happens to be my biggest issue with Andy. So it's, you know, it's like somebody did that to me Mm -hmm. and it's hard for me to do it to other people. If Mm -hmm. I'm not shown empathy and sympathy as a child growing up, I don't know how to give that. Mm-hmm. So um, anyways, that's besides the point. But I tell my sister this, right? Don't call mom. If you got a problem, you call me. And if you got to do something, I'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. Because I know she's going to beat around the bush until it gets shitty or she thinks that it's so bad that it's the last resort. Mm-hmm. My sister had a kidney stone and she was crying and she was writhing in pain mm-hmm. and telling my mom, I need to go to the emergency room. And my mom was like, no, just take some Advil or like, we'll wait it out. We'll do this. This is what I'm saying. You know, Mm -hmm. my mom is not very, I don't know what it is. Maybe she's not, she's not empathetic. She's Mm -hmm. not sympathetic. She's not nurturing. She's not compassionate, right? She is to her own degree, Mm -hmm. but not in a way that is necessary for a child to learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. You should be this way all the time. If your baby stubs his toe and just because you don't think it's a big deal doesn't mean it's not. He's crying. Mm -hmm. You need to comfort him and tell him that he's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Make him feel better. And then as he grows up and learns that this is what is done to him, he will do it to other people. Mm -hmm. How was your, do you know anything about your mom's relationship with her parents? Uh, I've talked to her about that and I told her, I've even had, I've had these conversations with her where I was like, yo, I don't even blame you for these things mm-hmm. because I understand that your dad must have treated you some type of way. I've heard the way that she's talked about her dad mm-hmm. and just being around him mm-hmm. growing up, I can, I can, I can sympathize. I'm like, yeah, totally. I can absolutely see that. Papa was like, 
kind of a hard ass sometimes, not necessarily on purpose, but he was also the kind of guy that was like, if you're annoying me or I don't like what you're doing, you just need to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Like stop roughhousing, stop doing this, don't do not do that, don't do this. You know, we got, away, we got away with a lot of stuff, but at mm-hmm. the same time it was like, you know, like my dad exercises this behavior also when, as I was a kid. It's mm-hmm. like if if you did something wrong or that they perceived as wrong or mm-hmm. bad, you got in trouble for it. You were made to feel bad for it mm-hmm. instead of talking to them and just saying like, you know, this kind of upset me. Like what happened? Can you talk to me about what happened? Mm-hmm. And then just let them know that they're not going to catch a rash of shit. They don't, they shouldn't fear you. Mm-hmm. Your child shouldn't fear you because then when they fear you, they're not comfortable with expressing themselves to you. Right. And when they don't express themselves to you, you have no idea who your child is. Mm-hmm. I have a, my firm belief is that my mom has no idea who I am mm-hmm. at all. Why, why do you believe that? Because she, she, she doesn't sympathize with things. She doesn't listen to the things that I say. She doesn't understand the events that are going on in my life. Mm-hmm. She, you know, granted I don't tell her about those things, but I don't tell her about them because I get criticized for them or I get told excuses of like, well, you know, that's just how it is. Mm. Or, you know, yeah, I just, I, I don't express myself because it was met with resistance or non-compassion or non-nurturing. So I don't do it. Why would I why would I tell you how I feel if you're just going to tell me why I shouldn't feel that way or tell me that I sh- it's bad to feel that way or that I should get over it or I'm doing it wrong. Nah, I'm not going to talk to you. So I yeah, I haven't been to my mom's in a while. I can understand and I've definitely told her that I think that she has that like sort of relationship with her dad. I can see how her dad was a hard ass on her mm-hmm. as a kid, probably the exact same way, you know, kind of like get up, don't cry, deal with it, mm-hmm. pick yourself up by your bootstraps, <laughs> right? This kind of bullshit. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't help people. Well, I think honestly, I, I think that I would be that way as a parent, but I believe that's okay when you also couple it with, like you say, that empathy, the sympathy, and the love, and the nurturing. For sure. You know, thing. Because I am um, just growing up with sickle cell, I've learned a lot that you're gonna, there are going to be situations in your life where you have to just deal with shit on your own. Absolutely. Because it's your own battle. Yeah. And so I think that goes along with that. Get up. Because, like, de- everybody de- got it tough. Yeah. Dealing with your own stuff, but then receiving empathy for it is, like, two different things, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like I had the same exact perception when Andy and I first started dating because mm-hmm. I was like yo you're too soft on Leo like you don't discipline him you don't do these things you let him get away with too much right mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna get out of hand or something mm-hmm. and we clashed really hard with that mm-hmm. and it took me a while it took me it took me some it took me some experiences to understand like that's not necessarily the best way that's not the best way of doing things that's not even a good way of doing things in What's my opinion that? now being that harsh or, or mm-hmm. enforcing discipline like that. Like what you said, there's a degree in which you feel like the compassion and the nurture, all those things should be there. But mm-hmm. the other thing, it's all about approach, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like. So I would do the thing. I would try to be compassionate and nurturing and understanding and sympathetic, mm-hmm. but then also say like, 
okay, like we know this happened. Like, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. We get up and we keep going, mm-hmm. right? We don't let this keep us down. Not, you got to get up. Just stop. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Because people people don't learn when they're yelled at. People don't learn when they're barked orders, right? This is why military personnel are military personnel, mm-hmm. right? It's very common for them to be, it's very, you know, salute. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, like etiquette is one thing but like the 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 ethics your ethics and your your moralities become uniform this is okay this is what i do shoot to kill do the thing right how many 40 percent of police officers beat their wives or mm-hmm. abuse their wives what number of military personnel who come back with post-traumatic stress disorder abuse their wives or uh you know what's what's the percentage of those people like uh, committing infidelity while they're like on leave, while they're away, not not on leave, but while they're during duty, right? Whether or not they'd be in a war zone or on a base or something like that. Are these guys cheating on their wives? Are these guys' wives cheating on them? You know, what what kind of what kind of interactions do we have with people and the perception and the way that we treat other people? How, what sort of effects do those things have on? literally our entire lives Mm -hmm. how you view your own marriage how you treat your wife how you treat your friends what their perception is and how it makes them act and behave in situations all these things are you know connected do you think it's possible that you have a different perception of what a mother is supposed to be do act and say than what your mom does for sure absolutely that's exactly what it is. My perception okay. of what a mom is is definitely not how my mom behaves. Okay. I've had a lot of my f- close friends growing up, mm-hmm. even your mom. Mm-hmm. I haven't spent an extended period of time around your mom, mm-hmm. but every time your mom sees me, mm-hmm. she does the same thing. Hey, Will. <laughs> hey. And I'm like, hey. I was like, you know, she makes me feel welcomed. Yeah. I like your mom. Oh, well, thank you. You know I what like I mean? Her. I like her a little bit. <laughs> you know, I and I don't even know her that well. Yeah. And so I had close friends growing up who I would spend lots of time around. Mm-hmm. I specifically spent a lot of time at my friends' houses because I didn't want to be at my house mm-hmm. because there was a lots of yelling and arguing going on there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel happy there. Mm-hmm. So I would spend a lot of times at my friends' houses, literally entire weekends. Mm-hmm. So their parents became my parents. Mm-hmm. I have very close relationships with my close friends' moms. Yeah. To this day, I talk to them on Facebook. Actually, they see yeah. me. They message me. I've seen the me. way you like interact with like Servine's mom. Yeah, I love Servine's mom. Yeah. Servine's mom, Paul's mom, Charlie's mom, so many other moms. Felipe's mom. Mm-hmm. You know, when these when these people's parents see me, they know me, mm-hmm. and I feel comfortable with them, and they embrace me. Yeah, and I feel like I don't get that at home. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if I ever spoke to you about this, but like <laughs> when I first started coming to your house. Um, like when we first met, the first time I came to your home, um, your parents went there and mm-hmm. it was just you and your sister. Yeah. I think we were hanging out at the table and mm-hmm. probably went and hung out on the back porch. Yeah. Eating brownies. And yeah. You were making brownies. <laughs> you were studying. Yeah. Um, and it was cool. Um, but then times that I came to your house after that and your parents were there, um, like I did feel a little uncomfortable. At yeah. Uh, and I remember I would always go and if they were there, because I, I know most of the time we would always go in and basically like straight make to a the beeline room. to your room. Yeah, straight to the room. <laughs> uh, but 
I don't know if you remember or not, but like every time I came in before we would go to your room, I would have to go and speak to your parents. Mm. And I remember one time you asked me why I did that. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, like no one does that. Like, why do you go and speak to them? Yeah. And that's just, I don't know. That's just my parents. Like <laughs> I would, cause I would never, I just because the way my parents are, because it's like, my dad always let us know, like, you know, this is your home, mm-hmm. you know, of course you're home, but also you're a guest. <laughs> like you're not meant to stay here like forever. Yeah. And so, you know, this is my house. Yeah. Uh, and it was always, of course, like it was never done in like a, he never had any like malicious intent behind it. Yeah. Cause you know, that's always home for sure. But he was like, you know, this is my house. Like you ask a guest. So like, don't ever bring anybody into my house. And like, I not know they're here. Yeah. So whenever I went to your home, it was just always, I just always felt like I had to go and speak to them. Cause it's just like, you know, hey, I know they would always just be like, you know, like, hey, it was, yeah, it was, it was, I got used to it. Yeah. uh, Because I think they got used to me coming over. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, they probably just got more comfortable with you. Yeah. Just because you were talking to them. Yeah. Because I, and, and I always made sure to do that Mm -hmm. uh, because I just, I don't know, maybe just because I was raised that way or whatever, but like. For sure. Like, what's funny is like, it feels weird to me mm-hmm. when you come into my house and do it. Mm-hmm. But when I go to somebody's house, that's what I do. Yeah. I go yeah. talk to their parents. Yeah. I'm like, yo, what's up? Hey, how's it going? I'm like, like, give me a hug. Yeah. Like, I give hugs. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. That's just like, uh, I always, it's funny because I've always thought about that, but I never knew if we ever actually like spoke. Yeah. I don't think we ever did. And yeah. you spent a lot of time at my parents' house. Yeah. You've been in plenty like, of times. Spend nights there. Yeah. Many a like, drunken yeah, evening. For real, growing up in y'all's restaurant. Oh my shit. god, right? I didn't want to say it, but like, <laughs> there was there was a bowl more than a couple of times <laughs> next that's, to the next to the sleeping area. That's growing up. It's yeah, growth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, no pain, no gain. Yeah, yeah. I don't do that no more. Now I know my limits. Amen. And you know what? On the note, let me get another glass of wine. Okay. Well, we have known each other for a long time. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. Uh, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, 10 years doesn't seem all that much, but we've been through a lot together. Yeah. Uh, I think as people can uh, conclude from the end of this episode. Um, and to be quite honest, I look forward to all of our other adventures together. Aww. Including this one. Actually, yeah. this one I'm very um, excited to see how it turns out. Yeah, I think we'll do a lot of uh, growing individually and together. Uh, yeah. You know, we lived, people don't know this, but we lived together yeah. for a year and we're neighbors now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, we see each other, I would say, at least once a week, unless one oh, of us is like just way too more busy. than that. Yeah. Probably on average, I would say at least two to three times a week. Yeah. Even if it's just like passing by, you know? Oh, true. Yeah, sometimes I'm just driving home and you're on your balcony and I'm like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, we are excited. We hope you guys are excited to go on this journey, journey with, with us, us as well. We're, we're excited. We have so much learning yes. to do when it comes to this. And so, we hope to share all of that with you. Please share your stories and your feelings and your thoughts and your opinions uh, at our Gmail and our Instagrams and Twitters and all those things. Yeah, so. We look forward to hearing from you guys. So Until next time. Until next time. Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs>